Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us tonight on Episode 4, Season 3 of The Standoff with Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're here live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season. Good evening, Richie. Uh, another week, another frustrating Warriors performance, but we at least had better picks. So um, what did you think of the round? Yeah, I was just going to say, Brad, the um, the round this week was a bit more enjoyable, mainly due to the, our upturn and our picking luck. Um, but yeah, it was good, apart from the Warriors falling just short, but we'll cover that later on. Definitely, definitely. And while we're here live on Wednesdays at 8pm, you can also catch our show at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. As always, we're going to be covering everything you need to know in the week that was Rugby League, including our top stories of the week, a review of the round two um, matches and our picks, a recap and preview of the Women's Premiership. We'll then stop and answer some questions from you guys, as well as some questions we've got for each other. Uh, we'll then preview round three and make our picks uh, before ending the night with a recap of the Super League. Um, so, yeah, remember to send us comments throughout the show and any questions that you want us to answer. And we may as well just jump straight into the top stories of the week. Sounds good. Uh, first one was kind of a, a late late addition to the, to the news. But um, as many people are aware, the COVID rules have been updated once again in New Zealand. And... Um, it now looks pretty much set in stone that the Warriors will get the last four home matches played at Mount Smart. Um, I got an email from the Warriors today basically saying that as well. They'll be able to have games at the stadium with crowds, which is what they're looking for. Um, what's your take on that, uh, Richie? Some pretty good news. If it, Yeah, if it actually materialises and we... Um... <laughs> We we get both teams into Mount Smart Stadium. I'll be over the moon. Um, you and I were sort of chatting before going on air that yeah, we've heard it a couple couple years in a row now. So uh, it's almost uh, believe it when when we see it. But yeah, it'll be great. It'd be fantastic. I'm sure it'll be it'll be full to the rafters at Mount Smart. 
Yeah, it should be amazing. And um, yeah, we did talk before the show about the Panthers game that was meant to be at Mount Smart is still not going to be there. Um, and you you said it was probably because they want to start with a win. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think it will be a good. Um, it'll be great to be back there. It's it's been far too long. Um, yeah. For for people here, I know uh, I I've missed it terribly. Um, you get a lot of spare time in your hands when you don't get to go to a game. So. Yeah, can't wait. Be counting down the days, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I'm still. Uh, COVID's always made me a little. I see Mark and Simon are here. Evening, guys. Hi, guys. Um, the first bit of news I actually had before the the COVID thing was um, more woes for the Raiders. Um, so we talked last week about Josh Hodgson um, having a knee injury. They've now confirmed that he needs an ACL reconstruction and that he'll be out for the season, which means he's. Um, officially played his last game as a Raider um, due to being signed with the Eels next year. Uh, it's kind of going from bad to worse for the poor old Raiders, you know, um, losing Fogarty. Um, thankfully, they get Schneider back this week after his COVID test. Um, but losing your, your starting half and your hook is not a great way to go unless you're the Roosters. Um, what's your take on, on that and how do you think that's going to affect their season? Yeah, it's not ideal. I mean, the Raiders have a good have a good deputy hooker and Starling, but it does hurt their depth chart depth chart a bit. And um, as we saw last year, when, once they sort of started struggling in key areas in their roster, they um, yeah results weren't exactly kind to the Raiders. So yeah. yeah, we'll see how it plays out. But it's it's not the best news. But yeah, hopefully Josh. Uh, you know, goes well with his rehab and can come back just as good next year for the Eels. Definitely. And um, we'll keep that injury chain going a little bit. Mitchell Dunn from the Cowboys has also been ruled out for the season with an ACL injury as well. I think they, I don't have the official stats, but I think they said like uh, we're into round three now and there's been eight um, ACL injuries already. Um, I'm, I'm not too knowledgeable on that stuff, so I'm not sure why it's happening so often. Um, the Mitchell Dunn one um, just was a freak accident. He mm. was in the defensive line, and he kind of put all his weight on one leg to change when he got stepped, and it just went. So it, it's a freak accident there. Um, but, yeah, massive blow for the Cowboys. Um, but we've also got the Panthers have lost Brian Dottel for six to eight weeks with an MCL injury. Um so yeah, a lot of a lot of horrible injuries there. Uh, be interesting to see what happens to the Panthers with Nathan Cleary still out and Toto gone. I, I I'm not going to immediately go and put them in the losing column. I learned my mistake from round one, but um, yeah, another big loss for the Panthers as well. Yeah, it's a loss. I think if any team can cover it, it's the Panthers, and and they've had a couple years now being up up the top of the log and having to cover for state of origin um, representatives being out. So, yeah, um, I think it's nothing new to them, and I, I think they can plug the hole until the cavalry comes back. Definitely, definitely. Um, the Tigers, I've got a little bit of news about the Tigers later on, but um, there's been a bit of pressure on the Tigers already after their start. And Tim Sheens has come out and defended Madge Maguire. 
said that his job is safe. Um, in the history of the NRL, as you know, Richie, when uh, when someone involved in management of your club comes out and says the coach is safe, it basically means the coach is on his last legs. Um, do you think that's the case here? Could be. Um, then maybe we'll get our t- pre-season tip right about uh, first coach to be sacked. Uh, it's going to be results-driven, I reckon, Brad. I, I think if the Tigers keep going uh, losing games you know it's it's going to be harder and harder to to um you know maintain something something's got to give if you're putting a lot of losses together so whether that's the coach or yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to see the tigers getting too much better i mean they look like a team in in a bit of strife hopefully hopefully it's not this weekend they turn their fortunes around yeah, fingers crossed <laughs> um yeah, and um, yeah, Simon said um, he thinks it happens in every sport where uh, management of teams will support the coach. Um, it's normally a bad sign. Um, yeah, it is generally the case, but we're there. They've just got to improve. Um, there's really no way, nowhere but up for the Tigers um, if they just hold it off a week and wait. Um, that would be great for us. Um, but the Panthers have um, been rumoured, there's nothing official yet, but they've been rumoured to offer Nathan Cleary a deal that will keep him at the club until he's 30, worth $1.1 million a season. Um, I heard the news and he. I, I'm still not a fan of long-term deals, um, as we spoke last week with Jason Tomololo. Um, but I think... Cleary's kind of one of those guys that I would want to lock down for as long as I can. And I don't, I don't like the million dollar player type thing, but he's one of a handful in the NRL that I think is actually worth um, that. But then saying that, um, I'll be the devil's advocate. They're not really um, missing him right now. Um, but yeah, um, I think that's a a decent offer for Cleary and one I'm sure he'll take. What about you? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he'll take it as well. I mean, he's. He's probably the best player in the game at the moment, if not the best, in top two, three. Um, you know, he's the he's the top draw half. So, I I think he is sort of worth that kind of contract. And yeah, um, yeah, it's hard to argue against it. You know, he's the state of origin winning half, and and now he's gone and won a title. And um, if if my tips are correct, he he'll win the Dell M this year, but. You know, whether he can do a Tommy Turbo like last year and do it after being injured the first couple of rounds, we'll see. But, yeah, I find it hard to argue against him, you know, being worth that kind of money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I personally don't see him leaving the Panthers anyway. Um, mm. He's still very young. If he was a bit older and he had won a couple of premierships with the Panthers and he wanted a new challenge to go to another team that may not be as successful and try to build them up. I can see it, but he's so young. He's just got the first taste of winning a premiership. I'm pretty sure he's comfortable in a team that's doing reasonably well. You know, they, mm. um, the last two years, they've been pretty much the most dominant team in the competition. Um, yeah. Why leave? So, and yeah, Simon said um, your contract should only be renewed every two years. I am, yeah, I'm a fan of two to three year contracts yeah, myself. Um, I know players obviously will want the longest term they can, so they've got a bit more security. But I think it's, 
I feel like it's it's a bit safer for both the player and the club if it's shorter. You're not going to end up getting a big injury and losing a player um, for that long. And also, a player like you look at if you signed Reese Walsh for ten years on whatever he's on right now, and then he has a great three years, and then finds out he's getting underpaid because he didn't play. He didn't get what he. Um, deserves now because he already put his name on the dotted line so yeah it gives you a thing but then as we're seeing nrl contracts don't really mean anything anyway exactly yeah i was going to throw out the sunny bill williams one where yeah it's not always it's not always a player's want or like to have that long contract because you say as the value goes up um it's a matter of timing as to when you yeah. do yeah. it isn't it so uh, one of those things yeah it's not always in the player's interest yeah definitely and um, speaking of long-term contracts, Jason Tomalolo watch. Um, I'll keep this going every week, I think. Um, many clubs, after we, we talked last week about rumours about a rift and potentially him wanting to get out of the Cowboys, many clubs put their hand up to say they're actually interested if he does leave. But his manager has come out and said that he is happy at the Cowboys and they have no plans of leaving. And Todd Payton's also laughed off the rumours of there being a rift. Um, between him and Jason and said there's there's nothing wrong there. Um, so it's, you know, it's good old media spin or it could be completely mm. on the money. That is the the cloak and dagger of NRL football right now. We don't really know, but we'll keep an eye on everything that's going. Do you see him lasting the full length of his contract? It's hard to say, Braden. You, you said it perfectly in the last last segment. What, what does a contract mean in the NRL nowadays? Um, and saying that, you know, I think that the price tag that he that he's got uh, with that with that kind of money you're making, you kind of you're not really allowed a form slump. Almost, you know, it's almost like if you're in a form slump, then people just start talking and, and throwing throwing wild ideas out there that you're not happy. Um, We'll cover it in the reviews, but he got some yeah. more minutes this week and, and actually looked really good. So, you know, yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's just the form slump he's in, and then the noise starts. Yeah, well, I saw that. Like, I thought he played quite well in the weekend. Um, we'll yeah. cover it later, but I still saw a lot of comments out there going, "He, um, yeah, he played okay, but that's not the level he needs to be. He needs to be at a higher level for what he gets paid." So. Mm. Yeah, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. We see it right now um, with Luke Brooks, Ash Taylor, even Sean Johnson when he was with the Warriors part one, um, when they're on those big big um, money deals. You really can't have an off day or an even an average day. You need to be playing like 10 out of 10, um, yeah. which no, not many players can do. There's probably one or two out there. Um, that can do it consistently week in, week out. So you're never going to get that. But, um, yeah, it's the frustrating part of getting paid to play this sport. You know, um, you get offered a million dollars, you're not going to say no. Um, mm. So, yeah, um, be interesting to see. Uh, I guess time's going to tell. We'll we'll keep an eye on it and see what happens with the uh, the Cowboys. I assume if the Cowboys can pick up some wins, that noise will disappear. Absolutely. Um, if if they continue to lose, I think we'll hear a lot more about it. Um, that's just the the case of footy right now. Um, going on to the Bulldogs, Trent Barrett came out in his press conference after his team's loss, 
and um, questioned his the referees and their decisions and said that he doesn't coach his players to uh, lie down, but he might do that from now on. What's your take on that? Uh, well, watching the game, I know he's referring to uh, try for the scrum the Broncos got where I think they were questioning obstruction and also Herbie Farmworth getting a strip when it looked like the tackle was almost completed. Um, you just got to, as a team, take take that out of the referee's hands and play well enough to overcome it. I mean, you look across the other games across the weekend, the Warriors picked up a couple of tough calls. The Dragons picked up a couple of tough calls, which might have, you know, had a bearing on the result. But um, the best you get is an apology on Monday. <laughs> yeah. um, really, you just got to play well enough to take that kind of thing out of out of the ref's hands. Yeah, and I think the, the NRL basically came out and said that there was nothing wrong with the decisions made in that game, but they did have the I'm sorry for the Dragons, which is yeah. very unfortunate considering how close that game was. Yeah, uh, we, We've been there before as Warriors fans. Um, we have. Trent, Trent should come over the side of the Tasman and be our coach for a couple of weeks to see what it's actually like. But, um, yeah, I... Yeah, I, I was talking about it a lot last year. I do think there's a lot of players. Um, there's one in the Warriors that I'm not going to mention right now, but that's like to um, stay down a bit longer than they probably should. Um, but it works, uh, unfortunately. Um, or it works sometimes. There was a few where I thought contact might have been a bit high. Um, and if I think it's high, it, it has to be high, surely. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> and the refs, refs did nothing. So I, yeah, I'm not sure. It's just one of those things. Each ref has their own interpretation and you've got to play to that ref. And um, that's the difference between good and bad teams. The The good yeah. teams can adjust on the fly. The bad teams keep trying to do the same thing that doesn't work. So, um, yeah, Barrett needs to go back and um, get his team to play at the right level. And I think he'll be fine. Um, next bit of news was a bit interesting. It changed a few times on us, but there was news, breaking news, that Jermaine Osako was going to the Eels. Um, and I flicked you a message to say we need to write this down to talk about tomorrow night. And then I had to quickly send you another one going, he's actually signed with the Titans now. Um, don't know what happened there. I think it was just a case of some bad news by um, an inside scoop by one of the journalists over in Australia. But um, I was talking about it in my uh, one of my friend groups, saying it's interesting to see him go to the Titans. I don't think they need him. Um, but I can also see if he wants to – he's going to Redcliffe with the Dolphins. You don't really want to go and move to Sydney for a couple of months and then move back to Queensland. So maybe it mm. was – this is the only option I have. He, he could have come to the Warriors, I guess. We're a Queensland team too. Um <laughs> But staying, staying in Queensland, and but I think he's just going to be a backup, which is basically what he was being used for in Brisbane. So I'm not, I'm not sure. What's your take on it? He's a handy pickup. I like him. But mm. um, as we saw, we'll go over it. The Titans outside backs um, did quite well against the Warriors in the weekend. Yeah, the media threw the, threw the big dummy, and and we we took it hook, line, and sinker, Brad. Uh, yeah. I'd pretty much already written into the news that he was going to Parramatta. Uh, yeah. I 
my initial thoughts were exactly the same as yours. Where does he fit in at the Titans? Uh, I think at best he's, he's injury cover really because looking at their back three with um, young Jaden Campbell, uh, Philip Sami and Maju who all played brilliantly on the yeah. weekend. Um, I don't see him getting a start over any of those guys. So presumably he's he's there as injury cover until he starts his his Dolphins contract. Yeah. Um, yeah, interesting. Good luck to him. Um, I'm sure he's going to do well with the Dolphins. Um, I've always liked him. So, Does this mean one of those guys is leaving then? Nah. No, I don't think so. Nah. Um, nah, I think they're all quite happy there and um, they're happy with their starting spots. Um, yeah, the only thing I was going to say is potentially they were deciding to turn Campbell into a, a half, but I don't see that happening either um especially not for a guy that's going to be there for a couple of months so mm. um yeah it'd be interesting to see as the the rounds go what he is doing um yeah time will tell i guess with him but i i covered it just briefly before but harry grant has tested positive for covid um he's the player this week so he's going to miss this week's game for a storm um Bit of a loss. He, he was quite dynamic in the game in the weekend. Uh, but as you said prior to the show, the Storm kind of a team that can um, recover from that type of thing. It's just a shame for them that they don't have Brandon Smith ready to go at the moment. But this is the future for them. Um, if Harry Grant is injured or missing next week or next year, they don't have a Brandon Smith backup. Um, mm. But yeah. They've got quality everywhere, so I'm sure they're going to have the next immortal come out of nowhere to replace him this week. I don't even think they need that. You look at how well Jerome Hughes is playing. Um, he's pretty much running the show. He's getting yeah. an armchair ride from a very good forward pack and good hookers as well. But, you know, yeah, like us, like we were saying, uh, they're like the Panthers. that They can plug that hole pretty seamlessly. Definitely. And uh, last bit of news before we actually get into the, the round, um, it's more Tigers watch. Um, Jackson Hastings uh, is going to miss the next three rounds after um, unsuccessfully challenging his grade two charge at judiciary last night. Um, unfortunate news for him, good news for, for us as Warriors fans. Um, I think he, he's been playing, he's been playing all right. Um, I wouldn't be writing home about it, but he's definitely um, given them a bit more direction in the halves, which is something they've needed. Um, and before I move on to you, um, there's been a bit of noise about Dane Lowry and James Roberts. Um, they were seen playing pokies the night before the game um, last weekend. Um, they were there till about 10 PM. Apparently um, media is saying it's a show of disrespect to the coach. Um, I personally don't see the issue. They weren't out past curfew. Um, they didn't cause trouble. They weren't drinking. Um, what do you think, Richie? Do you think they need to be locked up in their, their hotel the night before a game? or, or what? Uh, like, like you said, and I think there was a bit of a blow-up on NRL 360, Paul Kent and, and Benji Marshall. Um, I kind of side with Benji's opinion where they've not, look like they weren't drinking alcohol they they were gone by 10 p.m how's it any different from them you know going out and having dinner with the family and getting home at 10 10 p.m so uh 
I guess, you know, when you're a team that's not winning games, like we were saying earlier, yeah, the noise starts happening. So um, it probably didn't do any harm. But, you know, if, if they were top of the table, um, perfect record, no one would have battered an eyelid. Yeah, I think if they had won, it wouldn't have even been mentioned. Simon's mentioned that it could be a COVID risk seeing in the pokies. Um, that is true, but the NRL have told the players that they have no restrictions against them now. So um, I think the only time it would be an issue is if the NRL had said you're not allowed to go out in public um, mm. to deem that risk. So, yeah, <clears throat> until the rules um, say otherwise, I wouldn't go out to the pokies myself. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't get back at 10. I'd be there probably till kickoff. Um, <laughs> so... I wouldn't do it myself. I know some people have come out saying it's not good for your preparation. You should be better. Um, that's up to the individual. Everyone prepares in their own different ways. Um, but yeah, I think it's just yeah a bit of just adding smoke, like adding more wood to the fire. Um, that is the Tigers right now, and the only way you can silence it is with performing. Mm. Um, so yeah, we may as well get into the round now. Um, we've been jibber jabbering for a bit so i'll let you take the floor all right so first game of the week thursday night game storm versus the rabbitos storm get the win 15 to 14 three tries apiece xavier coates ryan pappenhausen and cam munster for the storm alex johnston jackson paulo and campbell graham for the rabbitos it was 14-0 at halftime to the storm before rabbitos fight back the trail mitchell kicks a two-point field goal to force Golden point, and then Ryan Pappenhausen ices the game with a field goal. Uh, yeah, exciting game. Rabbitohs were pretty slow to the blocks. What was your take, Brad? Yeah, um, I almost switched it off after the first couple of minutes. Um, when the storm ran over quickly, it's like this, the Rabbitohs haven't shown up. Um, generally, the Thursday night game, I watch till the first half um, and then go to bed because I get up early for work in the morning, and then my phone kept going off. Uh, and I had a look and everyone was talking about how the Rabbitohs had come back. So I turned it back on just before um, full time. So I got to watch um, the Golden Point scenario. And yeah, um, I think, yeah, the Rabbitohs showed heart coming back in. I think a lot of that was around the change they made in the centres. They took the young Jackson Polo off, replaced him with Tane Milne, and they seemed to get a bit better in their structure. Um, Latrell's field goal. Um, was great. I mm. it was the the one two bang and the the turn and and go back to business. Um, it's just a shame he did that one, and then we had Puppenhausen's little uh, mess, messy one um, to win the game. Um, Millie he had pressure on him because he was he getting did. charged. Um, yeah, I think the storm that Harry Grant was a monster. Like I said, he's going to be a big yep. miss this week. Mm. Um, it was surprise, more surprising for me to see the Storm allow the Rabbitohs back into the match, but they just know how to win. And it was also Craig Bellamy's um, 500th game. So um, good to see them get the win um, for him there. But it's, yeah, the Storm, um, good, bad or ugly, they know how to get the win in the end. And um, the Rabbitohs, you know, going from grand final last year to sitting at the bottom of the ladder, um, it's not a great start for them. And um, I think we talked about it after round one. Maybe they're missing Adam Reynolds a lot more than um, they initially thought they would. 
Yeah, it, it was a bit of the same old for the Rabbitohs, wasn't it? I think by half time they were only completing at 50% and made something like 10 handling errors. So, um, you know, it was really messy, and you can't really do that against the Storm and then expect to come out on top. Definitely. So the next game was the first Friday night game, Dragons versus Panthers, Brad's wooden spoon tip, nearly tipping over the reigning premiers, but the Panthers prevailed 20 to 16. Three tries apiece, actually. So the man in his milestone game, Viliami Kikau, had two tries, and Spencer Lenu had a try. Three tries to the Dragons, Tyrell Sloan, Jaden Sewer, Zach Lomax. Uh it was a close one, Brad. The, the Dragons nearly clawed their way back into it in the second half. What was your take? Uh, Dragons, best team in the comp. Um, <laughs> I yeah, I my hatred for them um, aside, they were impressive. Um, I think they deserved to win this game. I think they were um, had a few harsh calls against them that the NRL did apologise for later. Um, I think they they just got a sniff and they were willing and able to, to go all the way. Um, yeah, it's uh, those two Simbins hurt them. Um, the Jaden Sewell one for the, the late charge, harsh. I thought was very harsh. I think they, mm. after the game, they had someone do the timing and it was like, like zero point, or it was like one point something seconds late. And um, he's a big body boy. It's very hard to pull out of, those type of tackles, especially when you're trying to close down. If it was two, two, three seconds late, then I think that's more Simbin territory. But when it's like that split second, I think it's a bit harsh. You know, maybe, you know, you throw the penalty at them, but a Simbin, um, I don't know. I, I know, you know, halfbacks in the NRL are the, the golden gooses and you're not even allowed to look at them in the wrong direction. Um so it's yeah a bit of a bias if he had done that to another forward and it was one second i don't think they would have even called it but yeah that's a very biased um front rower talking here so um but yeah i think the panthers did enough to win i don't think they'll be happy with the performance personally but going two and zero without cleary isn't a bad result um and the panthers forward pack's just dangerous um Cacao, you know, it was his milestone match, and I think he's set to have a big final year with the club. Mm. Yeah, you summed it up pretty much spot on, uh, Brad. Uh, similar to the um, Storm Rabbitohs game, where the heavily favourite team races out to a big lead, I think it was 20 to 6 at half time, and then the Dragons just somehow clawed their way back bit by bit. And yeah, I, I agree with the sin binnings, especially Jaden Sewer, I think was very harsh one and it hurt you know it hurt the dragons who knows um those calls don't go against them perhaps they perhaps they come out on top there but not to be for them unfortunately no before we go there was actually one more thing that i was meant to mention um the independent doctor read his ugly head in this game uh mm. jack bird jack bird they were the dragons were on a roll jack bird did a big run kind of got a little bit of a knock to the nose and um, then when he got up, he was going to play the ball. The independent medical um, personnel got into the uh, referee's ear and said, you need to take Jack Bird off. Um, kind of swung the momentum away from the Dragons in that yeah. moment. And it's kind of a, a scary look 
but it being the the dramatic one of the show here um a scary look of the impact they could actually have in games um you imagine if that was the panthers and it was like nathan cleary it's a nothing look and he's like no we've got to take nathan cleary off now um i know they they're look trying to look in the best interests of the players but he wasn't even bleeding or anything you know it was just like a, a wayward show it wasn't even a high shot they didn't even get a penalty for it so mm. i feel like if it was a situation where you're penalizing the defensive side then maybe that is relevant but yeah it's a dangerous sign of what could could potentially come did you think that jack bird was trying to milk something and then that's possibly a bit of a bit of karma being having to leave oh. the field Oh mate, they're, they're, everyone's trying to milk everything now. Um, I don't think so because he, he, yeah, he was a bit slow. But we're, we've all been had a little, uh, a little flick on the nose. It does slow you down a little bit. Um, yeah, it didn't look like he was trying to milk it too much. He wasn't acting like he had his head knocked off or anything. But mm. yeah, who, who's to say for sure? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the next Friday night, the late Friday night game. The Roosters twenty six to twelve over Manly's uh, over the Manly Seagulls. Brad's Brad's second team, his his mistress team, if you will. It's uh, our it's our our premiership teams against each other this week. It was it was, and mine came up came out on top. I'll claim that. Uh, but it was five tries to two for the Roosters. Drew Hutchison, Daniel Tupo, Nat Butcher, who I thought had a great game. He picked up a double, and Satili Tupunua. And two tries to Manly, Carl Lawton and Daly, Daly Cherry Evans. 22-0 at half time. Um, yeah, and I think the rain came and slowed the Roosters down a bit. But what did you, what did you make of it, Brad? They're not, the Manly weren't looking like your premiership team. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it's very similar to what we saw last year from them. The only difference is this year they have Tommy Turbo. Um, mm. So they had kind of an excuse and a little asterisk next to their poor performances last year going well. If Tommy was there, they would have a shot. Um, yeah. They don't have that excuse now. It's um, completely on them. I I don't know. I think is it time where I have to switch and go back to hating Manly and liking the Dragons? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, um, I just don't know what to say. What's wrong with them? They, they're lacking spark. Um, their defense is struggling. Tommy Turbo is not having the impact that he um, normally has. Um, if they don't sort it out quickly, it's going to be a bad year for them. Um, but the Roosters, talking about them, they're going from strength to strength. Um, I think that Kerry-Walker combination is building nicely. If I have any negative to say about Walker right now is that he um, goal kicks like I do. Um, <laughs> if he, he needs to sort that out, they, they were well ahead in this game, so it didn't mm. matter. But you put this Roosters versus Storm or something where it's going to be tight and those points matter. Um, you need to nail your kicks. Um, he's still what? He was three out of five. So he only missed two, which isn't that bad, I guess. But you, you kind of want your guy to be hitting like that 75, 80% um, or better. Mm. So, yeah, I, I don't know. That's probably the only negative, which isn't bad. When you look at it, if the only thing you can complain about is goal kicking. The team's not going that bad. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Manly just look really rusty to me like they, they, they both games first week and then this week just look like not disinterested but um like they just can't get into the games um yeah. the roosters however bounced back really well i thought their their pack was looking 
um, you know, hard running and fast. Um, Crichton, Tupunua, Butcher, all all looking immense. And then I think, like you say, the the halves just built built. You know, with a game under their belt from last week, they just built on that and looked a lot better this week. Um, yeah, yeah. Not not too great for the Sea Eagles, but it's only early season. We saw them bounce back last year. Yeah, definitely. Um, now the game we had the most interest in, but probably least want to review, the early Saturday game. Titans pipping the Warriors in a close one, twenty to eighteen. It's another close game. We we've lost kind of quite quite a bit like last year. We dropped a few few of these very close games. Four tries to three for the Titans. Bo Fermor scoring in the very first set of the game. Greg Marzu and Philip Sammy. I was sick of the sight of them by the end of the game. Marzu picked up two and Sammy got one. For the Warriors, Wade Egan, Montoya, and Adam Pompey got the three tries. Um, great start from the Titans. We we clawed it back to be somehow leading 18-16 at halftime, but yeah, not to be. Un, un, unpack it for us, Brad. Yeah, it's just um, the Warriors let themselves down again. Um, second week in a row, second slow start. Um, I think most people probably weren't even sitting in their chair comfortable enough when that first try came up. Yeah. Um, and um, as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, no. Um, I was talking with the flatmates about how dangerous AJ Brimson is. And then, yeah, he um, managed to spy a gap between Lodge and Katoa and was away. Um, they did, to their credit, manage to come back and be leading at halftime, but they need to come straight out of the gates. Um, it's that cliche, but they've got to start strong. Um you can't expect to get a lot of wins in your season if you're always going to be two tries behind after the first quarter of football. Mm. Um, for the Warriors, though, they, the forwards did put in a lot of work. Every forward, bar um, Matt Lodge and Bailey Serenin, ran for over 100 metres. Um, Matt Lodge went off. He was sick. Um, we got a great slow-mo replay of him throwing up on the sideline, um, <laughs> which is great for our household that was eating dinner at the time. But... Um, <laughs> Even in his effort, he still um, was sick and still managed to run 60-odd metres before he went off. Um, Bailey Serenin put in a lot of work. He ran for two metres. Um, <laughs> he um, was on the savage end of a re my review this week. Um, I won't go into it too deeply here, but I basically said he was a waste of space. Um, he offers nothing to the team right now and either needs to be dropped or improve. Um, simple as that. Um, but the team just made silly choices. They were kicking early on the tackles, mm. um, dropping the ball, um, just coach killers. Um, mm. But the positive on, on that type of thing is that stuff that can improve. Um, hopefully we just see it um, this week um, as opposed to waiting another four or five weeks to see them improve that. But, yeah, the Titans, they just look better with AJ Brimson. Um the, unfortunately, the moment they found out that the Warriors couldn't defend on the edge was when they started throwing it to the edge. Um, as we saw, they were throwing cutout passes. Um, I know there's been a lot of um, negativity throwing more on Toya's way, um, but I'd like to see many teams try to stop um, Maju when he's running um, in open space. He, he's a very hard man to stop. Um, mm. And yeah, David Fafida, I'll, I'll get a bit negative 
he needs to add more impact to the side. It's that exact conversation we had at the start about players on the big bucks, how they've got to yep. deliver week in, week out. He had a couple of impacts. He set up the second try for Maju um, with the cutout pass. But I find he was kept relatively quiet and unlike, I'll call him out, unlike Josh Curran, um, mm-hmm. he doesn't go looking for the ball. Um, if I had a guy like Fafita, I'd be telling the telling him every week, if the ball's not coming your way, go get it. Because um, when he gets that ball, he's dangerous. But yeah, if it's not flinging out his way, he'll just happily sit on his edge and do nothing. Um, but yeah, what do you think? I agree. Obviously, uh, our pack, I thought, laid a good good enough foundation for us to win this game. Um, I just felt like collectively we weren't good enough to get over the line. You know, I mean, we missed opportunities like Adam Pompey dropping a nice, well, you know, offload from Jesse Arthurs, which was slightly behind him. But I think at this level, you got to catch that and, and dot over when you've got the line in front of you and, and you're unmarked. Um, and like you said, we were kicking early in the count, third tackle more than once. Um, and then on fifth tackle, the ball was ending up and in, in, out in the centres or a forwards hand and we getting tackled on the fifth tackle. So, you know, we're holding it when we should be kicking and then <laughs> kicking when we should be building pressure. So yeah, um, it's stuff we can improve on. And, and I think, Positive for me is the forwards are laying a good foundation, uh, and I've got the biggest man crush on Josh Curran at the moment. He's just a monster, and seeing him do his thing, I think he got forty-five tackles. Was just a workhorse. Um, charge down, yeah. Thanks, Paul. Massive man crush. Seeing him do his thing with the the mullet flowing out the back of the out the back of the headgear. It's it's a beautiful thing to watch. Yeah, yeah. He's been fantastic this year and um there was already talk that brad fitler's already said if he keeps it up he he will um most likely find himself playing for new south wales so that's probably the only negative i have for him is that um unfortunately if he does get to play origin it's for that horrible um new south wales team beautiful team yeah Yeah. um the, the game following our one on saturday sharks in a very tight one over the Eels, 18-16. to 16. This game was seesawing back and forth. Uh, four tries to two in the Sharks' favour. Ronaldo Molotalo, Sione Katoa, Connor Tracy and Teg Wilton getting the game winner right at the end. Um, to two tries to the Eels, Mitchell Moses and Reed Marnie. Uh, yeah, this was a seesawing game, Brad. Quite entertaining and a very tense finish. What do you think? Yeah, I thought the Sharks looked good on attack. Um, Nicholas Hines, his goal-kicking wasn't that great, going back to that. Um, those He missed three conversions. They could have really helped them um, push this out. Um, Eels, he, got the one uh, that, he got the one that mattered, though. He got the one that mattered, exactly. Uh, his <laughs> combination with um, Matt Moylan, I think, is starting to develop. And I know um, mm. everyone's waiting on Trindle to return. But I, I wouldn't give up on this partnership just yet. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. They work well together. The Eels is just a hard team for me to pick this year. Um, they looked off the pace and unsettled, um, specifically unsettled with the attention Mitchell Moses was getting um, when kicking. He, they had a lot of pressure on him. He was getting hit um, late a few times. This game, he was getting hit late, and there were no Simbins like the, the Dragons game for some reason. Um, I thought it was all okay as well, but that's what your forwards are there. They're meant to protect your, your halves in that situation and um, get it back here, put the thug life up. Um, <laughs> no such thing as a higher tackle in my eyes. But, yeah, um, it was a thing we saw last year with the Eels where they either won by 100 points or they lost in the nitty-gritty. Um, we're kind of seeing that here. Last week it was very close with the Titans, but um, larger scores, obviously, and they were at the edge there. This was the kind of game where um, they need to show that they can put teams away when they get close enough for a sniff. Mm. If they can start doing that, I could be confident in them being a top four side. Um, but the Sharks, you know, last year they were the team that bet everyone below them, bet no one above them. So the fact that they managed to beat the Eels is a good sign for them. Yeah, I don't have a lot more to add to what you put. Um, the Sharks definitely looked a bit better this week and, um, the new players coming in, you know, have another have had another game to gel. Um, I don't have a lot more to add other than um, I tipped the Sharks and Brad tipped the Eels, so I was writing the results of this one pretty hard. And I, I, after the Warriors game, I celebrated it like it was a win for me. Yes, well, because you picked the Warriors, didn't you? So I did, I did. I needed yeah. one back on you. You did. Um, then the late game on Saturday, Cowboys. We didn't see this one coming, Brad. I think we both took no. the Raiders, but the Cowboys getting up big over the Raiders, 26-6. to six. Four tries to one. Murray Tolangi, the hammer. Kyle Felt and Jeremiah Nanai, who had a huge game, I thought. Uh, and only the one try to Corey Hadawira Naida. This was a big win. Um, like I say, we, we both didn't tip this one, Brad. What, what happened? No one picked this one. Simon um, didn't pick this one either. Um, it was this was the upset of the round in my eyes. Um, I look if I take my prediction about the dragons away. I've got two teams that I think are sure bets for the wooden spoon. Cowboys are one of them. Um, so the Raiders, you know, they didn't have their their first two choices at a half. They don't have their hooker. I still thought they were going to be comfortable in this. Um, but the Cowboys just started strong and never looked back. We mentioned it earlier. I thought Jason Tamalolo had a mm. strong game. Um, he seems to be getting back to that form that we expect from him, um, which is good signs for them. Um, new signings, Chad Townsend and Peter Hicku, I thought were both strong on attack. Mm. Um, saw a lot of Peter Hicku when I just miss him. 
Um, yeah, absolutely. It's like, oh, no. Um, but if the Cowboys can bring this level um, of effort week in, week out, they probably, I, I'm not going to say anything outlandish like top eight bound or anything, but I think they're not going to be the easy beats that I expected them to be. And the Raiders, they're just struggling. Um, like I said, losing two halfbacks and a hooker is not good for any side. Um, and I think the Raiders are going to struggle. But I'm still holding out hope for the for the green machine. Um, otherwise, you know, Simon might stop watching if the Raiders start falling apart. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I've got hope that Ricky Stewart can get the side into a competitive state um, despite the hardships. Not saying they're going to do anything amazing. I don't even think I had them in my top eight prediction. Um, but you want to see them competitive. I don't want to see them be one of these teams that gets, you know, 30, 40 points put on them every week. Yeah, agreed. I mean, yeah. they just look like they found it really hard to get into the game. The Raiders um, look like at times almost Corey Huddleway tonight was a one-man band a little bit, uh, whereas the Cowboys, real team effort. Uh, like I said before, I thought Jerem- Jeremiah and, and I was really good. Tamalolo laid a nice foundation and the halves pairing actually quite a unfancied halves pairing did and then and the Chad Chad Townsend I thought they went really well um they sort of you know ran the game and and just kept it trending away from the Raiders the whole time and then uh as the game got deeper into the game they they accelerated away and and for a game it looked like the Raiders although they're struggling to get into it they were in the game for most of the game and and then the last sort of 20, 15, 15, 20 minutes, the Cowboys pulled away. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, tough times for the Raiders, especially with the injury news. Um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, um, you know, they, they can pull it together. Yeah. Now, Sunday's matches, my, my um, wooden spoon tip, <laughs> the top of the table, Newcastle Knights. <laughs> <laughs> Big one is twenty six to four over the Tigers, five tries to one um, for the Knights. Jake Clifford, Tyson Frizzell, Bradman Best, Dominic Young, who's looking really good to start the year, and Dane Gagai to only the one try for the Tigers. Former Warrior Kenny Marmalos continuing on his try scoring ways. The Tigers didn't look good in this one, though, did they, Brad? They they were well and truly done by Newcastle. What did you make of it? Yeah, the Tigers went from really impressing me last week in their match against the Storm to just going back to what I expect from them. Tigers are the other team that I have as um, logical wooden spooners with the Cowboys. Um, they just, yeah, uh, basically rinse and repeat what I said about the Warriors. They um, look lost on attack and made too many errors in defensive reads, just those coach-killing things. Um, facing the Knights without Kalen Ponga um, mm. is the perfect time to face the Knights, uh, but they just, they didn't fire a shot until, yeah, that try for Ken in the 75th minute when I think the Knights had already logged off. Yeah. Um, at that point, the game was well and truly over. Um, Knights look good. Without a few key players, you expect to see them kind of decline in form, but um, they look, I think they actually look better this week than they did last week, even though they yeah. didn't have Ponga. Jake Clifford built on his performance last week. He's looking really good right now. Um, Dane Gagai um, was great again. He He's probably that difference, um, getting an experienced player like him back into your back line, that when you do lose a guy like Ponga, 
you have another experienced guy out there that knows how to help a team get into attacking situations. So that's probably a, a great pickup for them, um, especially since Kalen Ponga only likes to play once a month. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, my prediction of them not making the eight, I think maybe way off the mark. Yeah, well, think how I feel. I tip them for the spoon. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, you look at the start of the year, no no Mitchell Pierce, but um, even in this game with no Ponga, um, but then you've got Clune and Clune and in particular Clifford. Clifford's they're taking the bull by the horns and, and running the show. So um from a team I thought didn't have a lot of hope making the eight, they're looking really impressive to start the year. So I will quite happily take that take that one on the chin uh, and put my hand up and say, Oh, so far I'm wrong about the nights. It's early days yet. It's early, it's early days. days. It is early days. They'll plummet down that ladder, you watch. And we'll climb. The Warriors will climb. (laughs) (laughs) Fingers crossed. Uh, And the latest Sunday game, the Bulldogs going down to the Broncos. 16-10, the Broncos were winners. Three tries to two, Corey Oates and Herbie Farmworth with a double. And then two tries to the Bulldogs, Braden Burns and Jeremy Marshall King. Four all at halftime. This was a tight game and, and... Quite exciting, quite exciting game to end the round, Brad. We've had, we've been saying we tend to get a bit of a dud game in the, on the Sunday night game, but this this wasn't this wasn't that. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of the the opposite of the game the Bulldogs were in last week, where it was a low scoring affair, but it was boring. Yeah. Um, this one had a bit more excitement about it, despite the low result. I don't know if that's a Bulldogs effect. If maybe the Bulldogs just seem to be able to be a team that stops. Um, high school's happening. Um, that's probably a good thing. Um, if you're the Bulldogs, you'd want to make sure you don't let a team score a lot of points. Fortunately, it didn't um, work out for them here. I think Herbie Farmworth was strong yet again. Um, I think mm. he's developing into a hell of a player. I yeah. think he's currently the best centre the Broncos have, which is insane when you think they have Katoni Staggs. Mm. But Katoni Staggs dropped probably the easiest try of his life um, in this match. Um Luckily for the Broncos, that wasn't the difference in this game. Um, he did make up for that error on attack with some good defense, though. Uh, first game, we get to see Adam Reynolds as a Bronco, and I thought he played well. Um, mm. I think give this side a, a few weeks, and I think they, they could be trouble. Um, he just needs to find his feet in his new club. Um, Bulldogs, I think, are still a team that need time. Uh, mm. They've had a lot of changes. I thought Tafita Pangai Jr. had a strong match for them. He kept his brain explosions to a minimum, um, which is always going to lead to a good game for him. Um, but yeah, just like the Broncos, I think the Dogs need um, a few weeks and then they could be dangerous um, once those combinations start to gel. Yeah, I, I agree very much. I I thought Adam Reynolds was solid without sort of overplaying his hand. I, I hope Katoni Staggs bought him a beer because um, Adam Reynolds threw him a beautiful tunnel tunnel ball and <laughs> he yeah. should have he should have dotted that one down. But um, yeah, it was a it was a good game. The, the Broncos are, are looking good. You know, that's two, two and zero. Oh. That's a very different start that, than they've had in the past couple of years. So. This might be the year the Broncos start trending upwards. But, um, yeah, 
unfortunate for the Bulldogs. It was almost two and zero for them, which would have been which would have been big, you know, from Wooden Spoon to go on two and zero. But definitely, you know, both teams look like they're trending trending okay for for where they've been in the past couple of years. So yeah, I thought it was a thought it was a pretty good game and. No sin bin for uh, our mate Jack Etherington, so you got yeah. to celebrate those little wins if you're Jack. Definitely, definitely. Um, so, yeah, that was round two. Um, if Paul, if you can bring up our, our tipping comp leaderboard. Um, so we 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 improved this week. Um, Simon um, was almost 100%. If his Raiders didn't let him down, he would have been eight from eight, but he got seven from eight. Um, I was the worst of the round with five out of eight, and and Richie was six out of eight. Um, so Simon is in the lead um, with ten out of sixteen, um, and Richie and I are both tied. Um, thankfully, B becomes before R, so um, we're on eight for sixteen. So we're hitting fifty percent at the moment, which um, is great as um, the host of this show um to show that we at least get half of our predictions right um i don't think our, our preseason predictions are going to bode well um by this myth but yeah hopefully um hopefully simon doesn't leave us in his dust this week with his picks hopefully not so, otherwise yeah. we'll have to chop him out yeah so um <laughs> yeah thanks thanks for that paul um yeah there we've got a quick look at the ladder um we won't go on it too much it's only two rounds in but, um, yeah, surprising to see the Knights number one and Manly dead last. Um, if you'd said that before the season started, I think most people would laugh at you. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we've got Knights, Panthers, Broncos, Storm, Cowboys, Dragons, Eels, and Roosters as our top eight. Um, and some decent sides in the bottom eight there with the Titans at ninth, Sharks 10th, Bulldogs 11th, then the Raiders 12th. And then Rabbitohs, Warriors, Tigers, and Manly as the only teams in the competition yet to get a win. Um, okay, and Simon's saying the board's technically wrong. Um, he got the Sharks and Raiders matches wrong. I, I wrote you down different. Um, but I, I'll happily take one away from you, Simon. Um, all right, hold on. So ignore that ladder. We're changing it. You're still ahead. You're, you're one ahead, though. Um, so did you... Okay, yeah. So you went with the eels then. I was just joking, Simon. We would never chop you out of the comp. You um, you can maintain your two-point lead if you like. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. No, I've changed that now, so we'll make it... He got six out of eight which means he's on nine out of 16. You're still ahead. So yeah, I'll, I'll update that properly. Um, but yeah, good honesty there. I wouldn't have said it myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Well, we, we know you wouldn't have, uh, wouldn't have owned up to it. Um, no. While we've got the ladder up there and moving into questions, I just thought I'd ask you, um, I think probably we talked about this last year as well, but and whether, whether your opinions have changed, do we need to change the points system? Does, should it be? Sh should there be a bonus point for uh, finishing in finishing within a within a sort of certain amount? Because as you say some of those teams on naught points have had some real close finishes. Do they deserve no, really to be on zero? No, get out of here with that rugby union talk, Paul. We don't. You don't. You don't get um, rewarded for losing. Come on, Brad. We we lose a lot of games by. I know it would be beneficial <laughs> as a Warriors fan, but no, you can't. You know, 
there's a lot of things wrong with rugby union and that's one of them rewarding rewarding people for losing next we'll be giving trophies to everyone that participates come on now so not a four try bonus no you don't like no, rewarding attacking footy no that doesn't happen to the warriors so that doesn't help us um <laughs> but no yeah um I, I i like them using the points differential um, like yeah, so depending on how you go, it dictates where you are if the points are close. Um, maybe it'd be different if the Warriors were 16th right now, but <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I'm happy with them to keep it as is. Um, the um, so yeah, uh, we uh, Nocturnal Rights asked us, um, so we are, we are into questions, aren't we? Um, yeah, go for it. He was like, uh, any test footy this year. Yeah, and I think I saw Simon answer that for him. So there, there's no test footy as such because the World Cup. So I guess you could say there is test footy because there's the World Cup at the end of the year. But um, there's no, like, mid-year tests, I believe, um, put in there. I think they're, they're focused on just having origin um, to allow Australia to try to um, get back into form since they uh, are plummeting down the world rankings. The um, uh, So, yeah, so no, so, so no sort of... Uh... Anzac test. I mean, should, should there be a test on Anzac Day? Do you think? Um, they they would love probably love to have one on Anzac Day, but the Warriors always play on that day. So I think the Kiwis, um, if they did that, would it would hurt the Warriors because no one would be playing. <laughs> true, true. Uh, um, going back but, to the points thing, um, Simon, do you think the team that loses Golden Point deserves a point? Hmm. So if you if you if if, if, it's, if it's a draw end of at the end of uh, at the end of standard time, you always you, you get you get at least one point. No, I I'm still going to be the the wanker over here saying no. Um, yeah, if you lose, you lose. Yeah, I I think if you get to that point where if you lose in golden point, but you still get a point, you may as well just give both teams one point and don't do golden point. Mm. Um, either make it a draw or not. Um. But yeah, it's it's heartbreaking um, for a team that if you lose in goal to point, getting so close. But that's that's the the thing of sport. There's always a winner and always a loser unless you're playing cricket. Everyone's losing. The um, uh, Simon mentions um, that uh, yeah, with the new TV deal, there's no media test anymore, um, and something yeah. about the uh, All Star nations playing England. Um, of it is, is, is that yeah. something yeah. suggesting that yeah. some sort of uh, pseudo way of getting the uh, you know, of getting the Australian national side to decide to get an extra game in? Yeah, so I think I mentioned that, um, not last week, the week before, that um, they they did it last year as well, where they basically put an expat side together, um, to face England, so England get a game, um, in the middle of the year where they get to play. Doesn't really work for them, they got pantsed by the expat team last year. Um, but yeah, it's just yeah, you you won't see the likes of Cleary and Tommy Turbo. It's strictly basically Australians that are playing in the Super League, yeah. um, which is still probably the best players over there. Um, but yeah, it's that's probably the only test we get mid year. I still think um, we should be getting um, some Pacific Island and Kiwi games in the middle of the year. I know the the Australians they love their Origin, but there's a lot of guys that don't get to play that, that don't get any taste of international footy until the end of the year, if they're lucky, depending on how the Australians deem 
um, is allowed. They, they have full control of it, unfortunately. And let's be honest, if you get Tonga at Mount Smart, you're going to fill it every time, right? So um, it's yeah. a good money, good money one as well. Um, yeah. The uh, Another one from Nocturnal Rights. Oops, wrong one there. Um, do the Warriors need to move um, you and Aitken back into the centres to get some experience there? Um, you go first, Richie. Sure. Um, I think going back to before round one, when we were selecting our teams, did you select them in the centres, Brad? I did. So no, I didn't. You didn't. So I kind of thought that we were lacking a bit of experience out in the centres and we've got a lot of cover in our forward pack. So I thought it made pretty good sense to put Aitken in the centres. And that's where I would have selected him. Um, feeling a little bit vindicated after after the weekend's game where I know it's almost like a systematic defensive problem with, with the Warriors, but we were getting torched both sides out wide uh, by the Titans. So someone like Aitken, who's a noted defender out in the centres, would I feel like it would help help remedy that a little bit. Is that what you would have said, Brad? No, complete opposite. Um, <laughs> no, I would keep him in the second row. I, as everyone who watches the show will probably know, and if anyone reads my reviews, um, the NRL has gone a step backwards with centres because centres, for some reason, don't know that there's a guy standing outside of them that's paid to get the ball and go over that line that they get points on. And Aitken is the one of the, the worst at it. Um, he will defend really well, which is great, but having him out there increases your defense, but it severely depletes the attack. Um, he just dies with the ball. Um, so I I originally had Jesse Arthurs and Rocco Berry as my centers. Um, Rocco Berry's still young, but you're not going to get that experience unless you actually get to play. Mm. Um, and I think Jesse Arthurs showed that um, he can do his job on attack. The defense thing is they, I think they'll get better there. They can't really get much worse, um, but it's just a trust thing. Um, and if you keep changing it, you're not going to develop that, but yeah, there is a lot of depth. So if you did move Aitken out there, you're not going to deplete the second row stocks, mm. but at the moment we've got Bailey Serenin, who um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say delivers less than I would. In a Warriors jersey right now, Ooh. so the fact that That's he's not getting amazing. dropped, the fact that he's not getting dropped, um, shows that they're not really going to change things yet. Cool. Um, was there anything else? Know, oh, so I've, I've, I've got a couple for you this week. So, oh, uh, you've awesome. um, you've uh, obviously you're, you're bashing the Eagles with that slow start for the season. Look, you don't win, um the uh, the grand final in March do you let's be honest is this a way of just uh, keeping their powder dry and letting their team peak for the right time of the year no point peaking in March why not just let the guys have a uh, a nice steady pre-season and actually use the first half of the year or the first few rounds as uh, as your pre-season um I don't think Hasler would be that kind of guy he he's kind of a you know wanting to win every week um but yeah you're right you don't win it um in March. So like we talked, they were a sniff away from big grand finals last year and they were zero and four. And I was talking about them as wooden spooners um, like this time last year. So um, 
yeah, it, it's early days. Uh, I think they'll come right. I think they're still going to mm. be a top eight side, not going to be minor premiers like I predicted. I, I don't think, but um, if they're not playing finals footy, I'll be very um, surprised. Yeah, I think I think um, you got to look at who they've played in the opening two rounds as well. Yeah, playing the Panthers and then the Roosters, who are two heavyweight clubs, um, but they will want to address that because that was exactly their problem last year: is not beating the the top four or five teams. Yeah. And then a final for me, and you might want to leave this one until next week so you guys have time to mull it over, but uh, which one player, I know you've both said you're not, you're both anti-long-term contracts, but uh, if you were a club, a, a GM, which one player uh, do you think would you give a long-term contract to in the NRL at the moment? So it's any player on the table? Any player on the table, say it's anyone, anyone that you're, so, so say, pretend you're the, I know the GM of the Panthers or the Bulldogs, but which, yeah, you're the GM of, of that particular club. Which guy would you want to, um, would you give a long-term contract to and say, you, you're here now for, you're, you're, you're my franchise player, to use a, a, an American term. Do you, do you have an answer, Richie? Yeah, it's got to be Cleary for me. And that's why I was sort of saying, I think the Panthers are making the right move by offering them good money on a, and a decent, decent um, length contract. Um, he's, He's out. He's this generation's uh, marquee halfback. You know, and generations gone by, you've had your um, Cronks and guys like that. Cronks, Thurston's. He's he's that. He's this generation's um, elite halfback. I'm not saying he's at their level, you know, currently, but you know, he's trending that way. Um, yeah. So he, he's the obvious choice. Yeah, so you, since you've taken the easy answer, I'll I'll put a bit more thought into it, and um, I'll go with um, Harry Grant. Um, he he's had a bit of issues with injuries, but he is, you know, he's barely out of his diapers, and he's already one of the best hookers in the game. Um, I would not be letting him go um, anytime soon. I'd be locking him in, and that could be completely biased because one of the biggest weaknesses at the Warriors is hooker. So. I'm always paying a bit more attention to the hookers right now to see if we can lure anybody. But yeah, he, I think, I'm not going to say he's going to be a Cameron Smith-like hooker, but I think he's going to be in talks to being one of the better hookers around for a long time to come. Yeah, so as I said, with, with, with Nathan Cleary, his value is not going to go up much. I mean, he's already <laughs> very valuable. Um, I guess with Harry Grant, similar sort of thing. And he's only 24. Will, he, will his value go up? Will he, will he find himself underpaid? Uh, will he get upset by that? Uh, I guess that's the only question around Harry Grant, but so, but there you go. All right, well, um, I, I'm in that answer though. I was the the boss of the Roosters, so money is no option. Um, <laughs> so it would be fine. Uh, that's it from the uh, um, from, from from the live chat. All right, so um, I'm just writing down Simon's picks because he's just put them in the chat. So while I do that, um, I will ask you the question first and then we'll do me at the end so said so there's okay. now we mentioned in the la on the ladder but there's now four teams yet to record a win this season rabbitos warriors tigers and sea eagles which of those teams surprises you the most to be zero and two well i'll scrub two off that list right off the bat warriors and tigers <laughs> <laughs> I, I expect the tigers to be zero and two um warriors uh you could argue either way you know maybe we we should probably beat teams like Titans and Dragons, but 
this is the Warriors we're talking about, so we've got every chance of losing to them as well. So that leaves Manly and the Rabbitohs, and both teams have played decent. I mean, we just said Manly played Panthers and now the Roosters. Rabbitohs just fell short against the Storm, so I don't think out of those four teams, I'm surprised where either of them are. If I had to pick, the Sea Eagles just for how easily they've been beaten. I would have yeah. at least expected them to put up more of a fight in their first two games. Yeah. Um, if it was me, I would have said Manly as well. Um, yeah. I would have expected them to get at least one game. Or, yeah, it's probably more the, the manner they've lost yeah. than the actual performance. Yeah, absolutely. You got those tips written down, Brad? You ready for mine? Yeah, I'm, I've written them down. Um, so have at it. All right. I was just wanting to have a bit of fun with my question this week, Brad. Um, so I wanted you to name me your Mount Rushmore of Warriors players, past or present. Yeah. Okay. So I've I've gone a bit above and beyond and given two. Um, so the first one, I've made my Mount Rushmore of Warriors that have had an impact on the club. Um, so I've gone with Stacey Jones, Simon Mannering, Kevin Campion and Steve Price. Um, they're ones that I think have um, been at the club and had a positive impact, um, really changed. I, there's been a lot of talk in the media about Kevin Campion, about how the whole aspect of training at the Warriors changed when he came on board. I think mm. Steve Price was another guy that came in and really changed how the Warriors did things. Stacy and Simon kind of speak for themselves. Simon's kind of your pinnacle warrior mm. If, all, um, if anything, and Stacey, you know, as an icon with the club. Yeah. So that was that. Then I decided I'd, I'd go a little bit left field um, and go with my personal favourites, Mount Rushmore. These are probably guys that won't appear on any Mount Rushmore for anybody else on the planet. <laughs> um, they're just people that I have a personal attachment to. I've got um, Feta Pagliacina, um, who is my favourite warrior of all time, um, as you know, um, sitting there next to me at the stadium for many years. Man crush indeed. Um, I love him to bits. Um, the biggest I would, man crush. I would sit at the stadium next to Richard, yelling at the, the sidelines to put him on. Um, yep, I can vouch. Uh, um, so, yeah, he's number one um, for me. Then I've got Mark Tukey. Um Again, man crush again. Um, when I was in high school, Mark Tukey was my favourite player. Um, he was kind of, you know, um, how's this going to sound? Um, in, a, in an age where props were changing in shape, Tukey was kind of that throwback where he still looked like a prop and he looked very similar to how I looked running around on a field, except he was a lot better and a lot faster than I ever could be. But he was kind of like that throwback, and he was like a, a cult hero at the club um, for all his years. Flowing into that, the next one's Akuma Tai. Um, I just loved Akuma Tai to bits. I even I went to a Warriors um, awards night once, and they had like a silent auction where you could buy a, a picture of a player, and I spent money, I'm not going to admit how much, on a giant, <laughs> giant Akuma Tai picture that ended up in... Uh, on my wall that was signed by him um and then lastly is probably yeah uh, my first warrior, where is it now where is it surely it's still on the wall somewhere um it was in 
I don't even know where it is anymore. I think it got <gasps> lost. Fred. It got lost in the um, in the moving of moving several houses. Um, I think it's still in our our storage in our garage. Um, but yeah, the last player is my first favorite warrior ever, which was Hydro Cazini. Nice. Um, so that's it. Yeah. So I gave you eight players to go on two different mountains. You just struggled to fit all those players into four, didn't you? Yeah. No. I can, yeah. I I I um I thought I had two correct um of who I thought you'd put in your personal one Akumatai and Paliasini I thought those were non-negotiables and yeah obviously like, that's, that's I couldn't correct. put either of them on a legitimate Mount Rushmore for like overall so that's why I made a separate one um because yeah I for personal um thing I don't think you could really say they had like a a big changing impact on the club. Mm. Um, but you know, you know me well, I kind of pick a player that's not like everyone's favorite. I'll, I'll have a guy that just is the guy that I gravitate towards at the moment. It's still Ben Murdoch Masilla. Um, yeah. Uh, probably be Aaron Penny um, in a couple of weeks, but we'll, we'll see. Um, but we may as well get into round three in our picks. Now um, Simon's given the picks, so I've written them down here. Um, and we'll go over it. So Thursday night, we've got Dragons, Sharks. Um, I've gone with the Sharks. Um, I don't like the Dragons, but I think the Dragons have been good, but I think the Sharks have shown me a bit more. So I've gone for them, and Simon's also gone for them. What about you? I went Dragons. I thought both teams, you know, looked looked pretty good last week. Um, really, I just picked Dragons because you hate them. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, never heard a, a more logical way of picking. Um, Friday night, the first game is the Tigers-Warriors. Uh, Simon's gone for the Warriors. I have two. Um, taking the, the first two rounds off the table, I always would have picked this game as a Warriors win. Um, depending on what Tigers team shows up, um, it could be a bit more interesting, but I think the Tigers have looked worse than the already poor Warriors that we've seen. So I've gone with Warriors. I went with Warriors as well. We, even though it's our third halves pairing in three weeks due to yeah. injury, um, the Tigers lose Jackson Hastings as well. But it's got to be this week, doesn't it? We lose this game. Yeah. I think Brad's straight to Rebel Sport in the morning to buy a Manly jersey. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't go that far. I can't afford jerseys. <laughs> they're, they're so expensive. Um, I might I might look into tattoo removing to get the uh, the Warriors tattoo off me. Maybe if we lose to the Tigers and go zero and three. Um, but the the final game on Friday is Rabbitohs Roosters. Um, Simon has gone with the Rabbitohs here. Um, I suppose if there's any time to get a win, they they got to get one soon. I've gone with the Roosters though. I think the Roosters have looked dangerous, um, and I think they're really starting to gel. So I'm leaving the Rabbitohs on zero wins for another week. Yeah, me too. I've gone Roosters. I think the Roosters looked really good. Weekend just gone. Um, and the Rabbitohs look, look rusty. I know they clawed their way back into it, but they, were, they weren't they were so great in the first half. I, yeah. I think the Roosters will keep them keep them winless for another week. Definitely. Um, then the first game on Saturday, we've got Panthers-Knights. Simon's gone with Panthers. I've followed suit. I think Knights have been looking good, but Panthers are Panthers. So I've gone with them. Panthers, um, too hard to tip against them. Yeah. 
Um, then we've got the Storm and Eels. Um, I think we I think the picture you got there's the wrong picture, Paul. It's round two. Um, yeah. It's round two. Um, sorry, that might be my error. Um, Sounds about right. But it's all right. It's all right. Um, I was looking at the picture wasn't matching up to what I've got written down. Um, where were we now? Uh, Storm Eels. So I've gone yep. with the Storm. Um, I said in the, the reviews, Eels are a bit wishy-washy and Storm just know how to win. So I've got them locked down. Simon has as well. As do I. Uh, I think Eels beat them last time around, but I, I think if we go back... On my history, I pick Storm every week. <laughs> I'm not changing. Yeah. Um, next game, we've got the Raiders and Titans, and um, there's many, many tears shed over in Canberra because Simon has gone against the Raiders, and he's gone with the Titans. Um, I am still bleeding green for them. I have gone with the Raiders this week. I was really, It was hard for me, but I they're playing in Canberra, so um, I'm just going with them because it's bloody hard to win in Canberra. So um, it's probably one I've got very wrong here, but what have you gone with? I went Titans. Um, you're a brave boy picking Raiders, Brad. They were, they're decimated with injury. Um, but you're right. They are hard to beat in Canberra. I've gone Titans. These two teams tend to play out quite exciting close games. I think um, I'm going Titans. Titans. Uh, first game on Sunday, we've got Broncos-Cowboys. I've gone with broncos you know, Cowboys got that surprise win last week. Um, it's a bit of a shame for them to get their only win of the year out early. But, um, yeah, I think Broncos will be too strong for them here. Um, and Simon's gone with them as well, Broncos. Yeah, I went Broncos. I think this one could be a bit of a humdinger. Um, both teams will be confident after the weekend just gone, picking up wins. Broncos actually being 2-0. Oh, so, yeah, it could be a great game, but I think Broncos will edge it. I see Simon just put a comment in. Um, is that comment meaning you want me to change your pick to the Raiders? Or do you mean that it's just going to be tough, but you're still going with Titans? Um, while I'm waiting for you, we'll go into the last game. Sea Eagles versus Bulldogs. I've gone with Sea Eagles. Simon has as well. Um, Bulldogs have been looking good, but the Sea Eagles have got to get a win at some point. I think this is the perfect time. Yeah, I agree. Um I think they've, they'd be very keen to see the Bulldogs on the other side of the team sheet this week. Um, even though the Bulldogs are looking a wee bit better so far, but I think this has got to be the week that they get off the mark. Definitely, definitely. So, um, yeah, there's a few different things. I don't know. Simon said, keep the pick the way it is. Um, he just said the Titans could freeze to death in Canberra. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. why I've picked them. Um, but, yeah, I'm happy you stick with the Titans because I need to catch up to you, Simon. So I will take that. <laughs> I'll take that win. Um, so, yeah. some interesting. A few few games we all agreed on. Um, I won't go over everyone, but I'll look at. We all agree on the Warriors beating the Tigers. All agree on the Panthers beating the Knights. All agree on Storm and Eels. And then all agree on the Broncos beating the Cowboys and the Seagulls beating the Bulldogs. So, hopefully, that means, judging by Simon's picks, we're going to get a couple right this week, Richie. Because um, we've got the same pick as him. So, um, yeah. Yeah, we have gone a bit long in the show, but I'll do a quick recap of the Super League since we left them off last week. Um, round five, um, the only thing I'll go I'll go over just a few ones. So I said Wigan would beat Catalans, and I got it wrong. They were thumped 28-0 by Catalans um, last week. Um, 
There weren't really anything too much. Um, St. Helens walloped, um, walloped Warrington 28-2. Um, and we've got um, round six is a bit more in-depth. So Wigan got back to winning. They were 32-22 over Castleford. Salford defeated Leeds 26-12. Catalans defeated Hull KR 18-10. Um, Wakefield defeated Warrington 38-22. Toulouse, um, the, new, the new side, Beat St. Helens 22 20. First um, versus so, last. Yeah, first versus last. And um, yeah, their first win in Super League, which is mm. um, if you're going to get your first win, you may as well get it against one of the best sides in the competition. Yeah. Um, and then Hull FC defeated Huddersfield 14 6. Now, um, Simon will um, give us the knowledge here, but there's no Super League next week. They're having a week off. Um, I'm sure there's a reason that Simon will explain to everybody because I don't understand the Northern Hemisphere. Um, <laughs> but the week after, um, round seven commences with Wigan versus Hull FC, um, Huddersfield versus Catalans, um, Hull KR versus Warrington, Castleford versus Toulouse, Leeds versus St. Helens, and Wakefield Trinity versus Salford. Oh, yeah, that's right. So the reason it's missed is because the Challenge Cup. Um, which naturally I didn't write down the Challenge Cup round. Um, but I'll keep an eye on that so we can discuss some Challenge Cup at the end of next week's show. Um, and yeah, Simon says to be totally safe, Super League, you need 11 wins to avoid relegation. Unfortunately, I think you're going to see, much like we saw in NPC, um, that team that gets promoted will get relegated the next year because they're not at that level. Um Maybe it won't. Maybe they'll they'll get a few more upsets and keep themselves out of being relegated. But I think you could see Toulouse down there again. Mm. Um, anything else you want to add before we go, Richie? Um, no, not really. Just as always, just nice having a chat with with you and and the viewers and Paul for making us look silly with his uh, thug lives and man man crushes. <laughs> man crushes. It's always fun. Thanks for that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us tonight on the standoff with Brad and Richie for your weekly update on Rugby League. Tune into our show next week at 8 p.m. here on Facebook or at convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Uh, cheers for joining me, Richie. And thanks for all the work in the background, Paul. And good night, everyone. Cheers. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.